well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I am so glad you joined me on the program today. I did tell you yesterday that we were going to be speaking with uh, Second Amendment attorneys, uh, Chuck Michelle, president of the California Rifle and Pistol Association, uh, as well as uh, Stephen Hallbrook, uh, Second Amendment attorney in Scotland. He's got a, a brand new book out. We're actually going to push that back until tomorrow. We're not uh, we're not scrapping the the roundtable discussion about the uh, the new Kerry case that the Supreme Court is acceptable. We are pushing it back a day. Uh, darn legal stuff getting in the way. I think Chuck's got a, a court appearance he has to make today. So we'll do that. Uh, on tomorrow's program, but we have a lot to talk about today, including the uh, Nick's numbers for April of this year. But before we get to that, you know, your Second Amendment rights are under attack like no other time in history. The Second Amendment Foundation needs you to take action right now. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have pledged to make taking away your Second Amendment rights a top priority, whether it is through gun bans, gun confiscation, government regulation, even a gun tax. The fight begins now with your text, join SAF, J-O-I-N-S-A-F, to 474747. Again, text join SAF to 474747 to pledge your support and become a Second Amendment first responder. Now, look, clearly there are plenty of Americans out there who are embracing their right to keep and bear arms. We saw the highest April on record in terms of gun sales. Well, I shouldn't say that in terms of gun sales. In terms of background checks performed on gun transfers, this was the highest April on record. Down compared to March. But according to Mark Oliver from the National Shooting Sports Foundation, one of the big problems is not a lack of demand. It is a lack of supply, that there are guns that are going from the factory to the distributor to the gun shop to the buyer without ever going out on the store shelf because people are, you know, they're putting in their orders at the gun store and then they're waiting for their gun to come in. They're not going in and picking stuff off the shelf anymore because there's not much to be found on the shelves these days. And it's even worse, by the way, when we're talking about uh, ammunition. That's the story. But I got to tell you, the media, the anti-gun media, not even not even the anti-gun media, but the gun ignorant media continues to get this wrong time and time again. The latest example of this from CNN Business. Big story. Gun sales are surging in a surprising state. What 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 state would that be? Well, let's take a look at the CNN story. They say uh, the FBI conducted more than three and a half million gun related background checks last month, a 20 percent year over year increase from April 2020, according to the latest FBI figures released on Monday. Nearly one point seven million of those gun background checks were specifically for gun purchases, according to the National Shooting Sports Foundation, a firearms industry trade group that cross references FBI data with actual sales figures provided by gun merchants to determine how many guns are sold monthly. Okay, first of all, that's not what NSSF does. So already CNN Business has got it wrong. It is true that the raw NICS total, three and a half million background checks performed, does not represent the number of background checks performed on gun sales. But the FBI codes each of these transfers. 
And the NSSF can look at the code to determine, okay, that was a background check on a gun transfer. That was a background check on a concealed carry permit. They can separate out and look at what categories these background checks fall into. That it does not involve calling up gun stores around the country. Hey, how many guns did you sell? And then tallying those up to see if those match the FBI background check figures. I don't know where CNN got that, but that's not what the NSSF does. Now, Mark Oliva said the firearms industry sold more guns last month than in any other April on record. That is an accurate statement. So where is this surprising state? Well, they say it's Illinois. No state, they say, has seen more gun sales this year than Illinois. Federal authorities there have completed nearly 4.3 million gun background checks since January, including more than 955,000 submitted last month. That's more background checks than the next five states combined. Texas, which has more than twice the population of Illinois, came in second with nearly 188,000 April background checks. Okay, think about this for a second. So you got, you got one state out there, right, that has more, supposedly more gun transfer background checks than the next five states combined. Well, that alone should raise flags if you're a reporter. But it didn't. Not to the CNN business reporters. They just saw this figure. Even after Mark Oliver from the NSSF had explained, look, there were three and a half million background checks performed last month. Not all of those were on gun sales. About half of those were for firearm transfers. And then the CNN business reporter completely ignores what Mark Oliver just said. He says, look, 955,000 background checks performed in Illinois. Why, that must mean that there were 955,000 guns sold. And that is the, that's the assumption that CNN business makes. They say the, uh, the NSSF says Illinois fire and purchases have been greatly inflated so far this year because many state residents who were looking to purchase guns at the beginning of the pandemic have only recently been able to do so. The delay was triggered by a backlog in the state's firearms owner identification card system. Okay, so let's, let's talk about that for a second. And then we'll get into, by the way, what's really going on in Illinois. I promise I'm going to let you know what's really going on. It is true. There has been a backlog in void delays, but that backlog has not been resolved. In fact, it is still taking, on average, more than four months for the Illinois State Police to process a firearm owner identification card. And that card is necessary in order for you to purchase a firearm in the state of Illinois. So there is a backlog, but the backlog hasn't led to a surge in sales. Because the backlog is still there. It's led to delays in people being able to exercise their Second Amendment rights. But that can't account for why the state of Illinois supposedly saw 955,000 guns sold last month. Again, keep in mind, the national total, according to NSSF, was 1.7 million guns sold last month. CNN Business says more than half of that came from just the state of Illinois. Okay, and they don't see anything wrong with, with claiming that. Illinois FOID Act, CNN writes, which requires gun purchases to obtain a special ID from state police, was established in 1968, but the system was overwhelmed with requests a year ago when the pandemic fueled a national surge in first-time gun buyers. Dan Eldridge, owner of Maxon Shooter Supplies and Indoor Range in Des Plaines, Illinois, says the Illinois State Police were inundated with applications for the FOID card. My attorney and his wife both filed in March of last year, and they got their FOID cards in the last two weeks. Now, again... That's correct, although it should be noted that the delays have been going on for far more than a year. 
CNN doesn't talk about this, but this has been a big problem in the state of Illinois. There are actually multiple lawsuits that have been filed over the Foyd card delays in Illinois because they have lasted for longer than a year. What really went on to start these delays uh, in the first place was the state of Illinois, the state legislature specifically, raiding the funds used to process FOID applications to the tune of tens of millions of dollars over several years, leaving the Illinois State Police short-staffed and without the money to actually add staffing and capabilities. And so the backlog, when the pandemic started last year, the Illinois State Police had a backlog of about 30,000 applications. And then over the course of 2020, that backlog grew to well over 100,000 applications. Again, none of this in the CNN business report. I, 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 I don't know. I'd like to think that maybe an intern wrote this because this is just so off base. But uh, they continue to say uh, demand for guns in Illinois may even be higher than the current numbers suggest. The state shares a border with Indiana, where the FBI completed nearly 187,000 gun background checks last month, the third highest in the nation. Okay, what does that have to do with Illinois? Has nothing to do with Illinois. Has nothing whatsoever to do with Illinois, other than the fact that the city of Chicago has sued an Indiana gun store, and CNN wants to find a way to shoehorn that into the story. Last week, the gun control advocacy group Everytown filed a lawsuit against a Gary, Indiana gun store on behalf of the city of Chicago after a study allegedly revealed 850 guns illegally purchased at the shop were recovered from gun-related crime scenes in the Windy City. Yeah, leave it to CNN to find a way to incorporate a gun control angle in this story. Okay, so what's really going on here? Because 955,000 guns were not sold in the state of Illinois last year, or excuse me, last month. What CNN doesn't realize, even though I'm guessing that the NSSF actually informed them of this, is that the Illinois State Police conduct background checks on every FOID card application. They conduct background checks on every current concealed carry holder. They conduct background checks on every current FOID card holder in the state of Illinois, in addition to conducting background checks every time a gun is sold at retail. So not only do you have, you know, uh, uh, let's say 175, 180,000 firearms that are sold at retail in the state of Illinois, but in addition to that, on a regular basis, everybody who possesses a concealed carry card, a concealed carry license, undergoes a background check. They don't know about it. It's not like they've got to go down to the Illinois State Police and say, okay, I'm ready for my background check. This is something that the ISP does. For, again, every concealed carry holder and every FOID card holder in the state. This is a simple mistake. All CNN Business had to do is ask the question, why are Illinois' numbers so much higher than the rest of the country? And they would have gotten the explanation. Instead, they just wrongly assume that more than half of all firearms sold in the United States in the month of April were sold in the state of Illinois, which is insane. But again, this is not just the anti-gun media. It is the gun-ignorant media. You have reporters who don't know the first damn thing about the issues that they're covering, who are telling people who don't know the first thing about the thing that they're hearing about. What's going on? 
And we wonder why there are so many Americans who don't own guns who are so misinformed on this issue. Because the people who are portraying themselves as experts are completely ignorant of this issue. Now, look, I'm not using ignorant as a pejorative. I'm not saying they're morons. I'm not saying they're idiots. I'm saying they have a lack of knowledge. That is correctable. You can become educated. You can be ignorant, and then you can learn stuff, and then you can be educated on an issue. I don't know what's stopping CNN business. I don't know what's stopping the rest of the gun-ignorant media from doing their basic homework and doing their basic research before they start to try to inform the American public about these things. But I will <laughs> I will never never and not that I not that I've given a lot of credence to CNN's reporting in the recent past anyway, but I will never trust anything that comes out of CNN business because I know that they've got reporters and not just on this issue by the way. I recognize the ignorance in this issue because I'm educated on this issue. But if I'm watching CNN business and I'm hearing a story about something I don't know much about, how do I know that the reporter knows any more than I do? How do I know that the reporter's actually given me accurate information, given <laughs> their abysmal reporting on the Knicks numbers in Illinois? I have no faith that the reporters for CNN business are any more educated about other issues than they are about firearm issues. So uh, I won't be watching CNN business, and I certainly won't be trusting anything that they have to say about anything and everything they report on. By the way, this is not the first time that I've seen something like this. The biggest media outlet that I've seen completely blow a story like this. But uh, earlier this year, I uh, reported on a uh, another story from a, a website called, uh, I think it was Wall Street 24-7. And they had another one of these stories. It just didn't make sense from the get-go. One state saw a surprising drop in the number of gun sales last year. Record high gun sales all across the country, except in Kentucky, which saw a 20% drop in the number of background checks performed. Okay, well, why is that? Because Kentucky is another one of those states that regularly performs background checks on all active concealed carry licenses. And the state of Kentucky adopted constitutional carry. So there are fewer concealed carry licenses to check. And that's why the numbers went down. Gun sales actually increased in Kentucky last year. But because the media, another media outlet, tried to report on something that they didn't know a damn thing about, bad information got out there. And I'm sure there'll be much more of this on the way. All right, let's turn our attention to our uh, good deed of the day, our armed citizen story, and our recidivist report. Uh, we will start there with a story out of uh, North Carolina, Bibb County, North Carolina, where police say a man who opened fire on deputies in Bibb County has quite the lengthy criminal history, dating back 16 years, apparently charged 25 times over the past 16 years, according to authorities there in uh, Bibb County. Uh, so I said this was uh, North Carolina, by the way. I want to make sure that I get that correct. Uh, Bibb County, Georgia, not Bibb County, North Carolina. Carlton Alexander, Jr., now facing multiple charges from a uh, April 29th police chase, including attempting to elude a police officer and possession of a firearm while committing a felony. Um, again, not the first time that uh, Alexander Jr. has uh, been involved with the uh, police. Going back to 2005, that was his first arrest for possession of cocaine. He was arrested again in 2005, charged with uh, stealing a car. 
Uh, WGXA says most of the charges that Alexander Jr. faced over the past 16 years were probation violations, but you also had multiple thefts. You had a, an arson charge. Uh, and they say a few stand out as very similar to the incident that happened last Thursday, uh, like in 2008, when he was arrested for resisting an officer. 2014, charged with driving with a suspended license. 2015, charged with DUI, attempted to elude police. Uh, willful obstruction of law enforcement, serious injury by vehicle. Uh, as recently as 2020, the 35-year-old charged with simple battery against a police officer, disorderly conduct, and a misdemeanor sexual battery. But as the uh, local TV station points out, not every arrest led to a conviction. Um, and even when they did, they did not lead to a lot of time behind bars. At the time of his arrest uh, on the April 29th police chase and shooting, uh, he had been served with the warrants from Jones County for an incident that happened two days earlier, uh, now facing aggravated assault, criminal trespass, terroristic threat charges in Jones County, in addition to the charges that he's currently facing in Bibb County. And again, uh, you know, look, this guy doesn't have necessarily a 16-year history of serious violent offenses, but they're not necessarily all jaywalking offenses either. And it sounds like, again, the criminal justice system never really treated uh, Mr. Alexander very seriously. Now, today's uh, armed citizen story. Uh, from WCAZ, uh, Rowan County, Kentucky, where a uh, home invasion turned into a deadly shooting after the uh, intended victim was able to fight back. This was uh, last Thursday, about 1.15 in the morning. Kentucky State Police in Moorhead got a call from the Rowan County Sheriff's Office about a home invasion. Uh, when they uh, arrived on the scene, they learned that uh, 27-year-old Cody Elliott from uh, Hillsborough, Kentucky, and another man went inside a home. Elliot and other people inside fired several shots, including the homeowners who struck Elliot. He was taken to the hospital where he died from his injuries. 21-year-old Donovan Kilburn, also heard in the shooting incident, he was taken to the hospital. Kilburn lives at the home uh, where this shooting took place. Police are investigating, but uh, again, at this point, looks to be a case of self-defense against those home invaders. We'll give you any more details as they become available. And finally today, our good deed of the day from Ocean City, Maryland. Take a look at this car wreck. This was on Sunday. There were eight people injured uh, in this accident on the Route 90 bridge in Ocean City, Maryland. One of them, a two-year-old child who was actually ejected out of the car, still strapped into her car seat, and she fell into the bay there. The uh, pickup truck that she fell from was dangling over the bridge's guardrail. There was a good Samaritan who, by the way, police say this person doesn't want any public attention, doesn't want any public recognition, wants to remain anonymous. But there was a good Samaritan who saw what happened, actually jumped off the bridge into the waters, saved the child. That toddler was flown to a Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. Police say that she is uh, stable uh, and hopefully going to make a full recovery. Seven others who were hospitalized have been treated and released. There were at least five vehicles involved in the crash. Uh, they believe that there actually might have been multiple crashes involved in this uh, multi-car accident. But whoever that anonymous Good Samaritan was, uh, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, at, at risk to their own life, jumping into the waters and saving that toddler, whoever you are, we thank you for your very good deed.
Now, that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. Again, tomorrow we're going to be uh, taking another look at the Supreme Court's acceptance of New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Corlett. Uh, you're going to have Chuck Michelle of the California Rifle and Pistol Association, Steve Halbrook, Second Amendment attorney and scholar with us on the program. We're going to get into some of the nitty-gritty details of this case, some of the uh, curiosities like, all right, why did the Supreme Court kind of tweak the, the question that they want to answer? Uh, what about the uh, possibility of the Supreme Court uh, incorporating the, uh, the the Ninth Circuit case, Young versus Hawaii, into the New York case, since they're both dealing with the right to carry and the Ninth Circuit decision was horribly egregious and horribly decided, uh, is there the potential for the Supreme Court to say, you know what, we're going to take that Hawaii case and we're going to go ahead and add it to the New York case that we're taking a look at. We'll get into that and more with uh, Chuck Michelle and Steve Hallberg on tomorrow's program. Uh, don't forget, by the way, if you enjoy this program each and every day, if you enjoy the website, BarryAndArms.com, you can become a VIP subscriber. All you have to do is go to barryandarms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNS and you'll get 25% off of your membership. You will also get exclusive commentary, analysis, uh, and other uh, uh, exciting things that uh, will you know allow you to get up to date with what is going on with your right to keep and bear arms and the threats to your Second Amendment rights. Again, barryandarms.com slash subscribe and then just use the promo code GUNS for 25% off of your membership. We certainly do appreciate all of our members. It does help us continue to bring you the latest Second Amendment news and information. Helps keep the uh, the lights on and the internet running. So thank you very much for your support. Also, don't forget you can subscribe to Town Hall Media on YouTube. That way you'll never miss one of these programs. You'll also get uh, great uh, content from other Town Hall websites like uh, Red State, PJ Media. Uh, you can also subscribe to Bearing Arms Cam and Company on Rumble. And you can subscribe to Bearing Arms Cam and Company on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and the townhall.com podcast page as well. Looking forward to being back with you tomorrow with our friends Chuck Michelle and Steve Hallbrook. Until then, be well, be safe, be smart, by the way. That, that, that's directly to you, CNN Business, and be free. <laughs> <laughs>